0: Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Fishing with me, Trevor Topfunk. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the show. Thank you for your attention. I really value the time that you give up. And if you value the uh, content that we're bringing to you, uh, it'd be great if you could hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you happen to be on right now. Um, It sends a message not only to me and the people who pay for this thing that you value this stuff but also to the guests that are on the show, uh, that you value the content. And um, uh, I've got some massive guests coming up on the show in future uh, you know, episodes, but today I'm very excited. Uh, we're kicking off with a bang. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show current CRO and co-founder of Hype Dexter, Mr. Nick O'Neill. How are you, Nico? G'day, Trey. Welcome to the show, mate. How are you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Yeah, you too, man. You too. Uh, so before we get into it, Nick, and I'm really looking forward to getting into the um, you know what you're kind of seeing out there in the front lines, and what some of the opportunities and challenges and stuff that you're that you're um you're witnessing. But why don't you give our listeners a, a quick rundown on who are you, Nick O'Neill? Where do you come from? What have you been doing?
1: Sure, Trev. Oh, I mean, uh, so I'm a shore boy. I grew up on the North Shore, Auckland's North Shore. Um, I. Yeah, I gallivanted around the world working in bars and trying to stay away from education. But my mum's my an educationalist and she dragged me back to New Zealand after four A's into Europe when I was about 19 and, and then into Aussie and worked in bars and things like that. And I got dragged back, um, went to AUT. I did marketing. I actually did a Bachelor of Sports Science, but I didn't want to work in a gym. And I kind of realized that I was going to be a physio and mum made me... Mum made me do it, and and I jumped over to marketing because it kind of made sense to me. And then my mm-hmm. marketing lecturer was like, "You'll be a terrible marketer, like you're just." You know. But um, you might um, apply yourself uh, by going and working in sales and seeing how marketing kind of is applied to general business. My mm-hmm. first job at a uni was Coca Cola, um, uh, Coca Cola Amatil, and mm-hmm. worked in and Route and CNL and and did that for a year, and then I jetted off to I, I chased um, my a, a girlfriend who then became my wife to to Europe she was heading off there and I and I worked for Dyson um uh, territory sales that job sucked Did <laughs> didn't um, so I've been selling since you know early 2000s um and I think my first foray into digital was there in the UK where I worked for Affiliate Future which was mm-hmm. affiliate marketing and I loved wow. it way back then way back then mate and, and in 2004 through to 2006 um, but they were, their e-commerce was so advanced just compared to when I got home and, and I got back to New Zealand and worked for New Zealand post and, and, um, which then became rich media. I, I then went to, um, uh, my first sort of Shane Bradley company, which was my first introduction <laughs> to, to, to Shane and the way he operated, which was finder where I met, um, Ryan Watkins, my now business partner, and Romy Dexter, another business partner. Now, um, shout out to those guys coming up on the podcast. Are in they the future. are good. Yeah. Yep, legends, yeah. them in. legends. They're the smart ones. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just sell the stuff. Um, and, and so, Finder was bought by Yellow. So th- that was a directory. Shane had a, a very much a me too philosophy. He'd create something so painful for the incumbent that they'd have to buy him, which was kind mm-hmm. of the model. Um, I then went off and went for Frond. Um, so that was my first big sort of enterprise sales where I stuck my first kind of involvement with CRMs really, where I kind of realized that despite what I thought, my charm and charisma weren't, weren't going to close me the big deals. I, you know, there, there were guys with less charm and charisma, guys and gals with less charm and charisma who were following processes using the CRM calling when they said they would call, um, mm-hmm. And and actually following up with this after meetings where I thought I had them in the palm of my hand and they were going to buy, but you know big ticket items, few hundred thousand dollars at a pop, you kind of needed to start using these CRMs and and use processes mm-hmm. and follow up. Um, and then after that uh, went to Grab One, so I think I was that third or fourth employee at Grab One, where well, they, um, yeah, another Shane another Bradley. Shame and that was just, I mean, that was the, God, what a ride. You know, we went from zero to 150 mil in a couple of years. And it uh, just it was there were just people arriving. It was, you know, you felt like you knew everyone when there was 20 people and then there was 30 and then there was 50. And Ryan came in there. So he was at Yellow. He was um, also doing one of those daily deal kind of um, sites that yeah. they had there. And we we brought him over and and he became CEO and he kind of dragged me through. I was Auckland sales manager for a few years and then became sales director and it was a good ride. It was mm-hmm. five six maybe seven years of of just badness. You know it was um it's kind of like a trading floor. It was it was really awesome. But that was also you know early experience of we built our own CRMs and our own technology um mm-hmm. which we it fit exactly what we wanted. But we rolled in the big boys. But there
0: wouldn't have been that many like
1: choices around in those days, right? Well, no, yeah, I guess there was the big ones, right? Like, so there was Salesforce and there was Sugar and, and I guess Dynamics too. Mm-hmm. And man, we we dragged those. In. I, I think they're still trying to implement Salesforce now and it's 10 years later. Um, no, 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 they have. I think they have. Um, but yeah, no, that was our, that was my first experience in, in a, like a full scale sort of sales implementation of a CRM and we did Sugar in it and unfortunately... Maybe through my own, uh, um, I suppose, um, uh, naivety. It Didn't you know we didn't we didn't land it very well. Um, and but we experienced from client side. And then, yeah, I mean, and in years I went ninety seconds and sales director there, and I did um, uh, um, belong for a few months and had quite a few roles customer radar. But you know, so the last four and a bit years we've been That's all in the digital time. space, right? Well, like, yes. Like, okay. since, since two thousand and four, I guess. Mm. Jesus, that's that's a while, isn't it, brother? It's nearly a decade, mate. You know, yes. can... <laughs> Scary, man. <laughs> You'd think I would have retained some knowledge over that time. Um,
0: you're only being modest, Nico. You're only being modest. So, hyper hyper indexes come out of uh, out of that. Uh, talk talk us through a little bit about uh, what happened there. What was the catalyst, um, and what was the opportunity you saw, and how did you guys? Uh,
1: Execute. I was actually working for Customer Radar, and we had um, hi, uh, we had um, HubSpot, but. We- we had the full suite, but I don't, we just weren't like, I, I thought it was a great sales tool. Like it integrated with my inbox so I could send emails and and it was tracking and I could see if they opened it. All of our communications sat in there, you know, you could report and I could look at forecasting, I could look at revenue. I could see the productivity of my guys, you know, like, so were they making phone calls? Were they having meetings? Were they doing those things? But really, I don't think, I don't think I understood then the the power of sales and marketing alignment, and you know, and that's become very near and dear to me as, you know, because Alex and I tell a story about, you know, he was he was marketing, head of marketing at Grabon, and I was head of sales. We did not get on like we we did not like we did not see that, but our KPIs were different. I think we used different systems. We, you know. I think we we're on different calendar years or different financial <laughs> years. Like we were just but that's because my ego could never accept that it was my fault that deals weren't closing. So I had to bane someone, right? It had to be yeah. technology or marketing, marketing, and they were it's right there. Marketing spot. <laughs> <I> could, yeah. <laughs> leads are terrible. The collateral's no good. You yeah,
0: know? the messaging's off. Yeah. Um, nice one. Um, so you've seen the CRM things come alive. I want to get into that conversation. Um, so is that you know and you, you you're working with some smaller businesses at h and d still. um you're very rapidly going up into that enterprise space um, and and potentially not dealing with as many of those smaller businesses. But what are you seeing uh, the opportunity is for those guys right now and and what are you seeing some of the challenges that they're facing that this would solve?
1: Well, think? i I just think so. We have always tried to be on the bleeding edge of what 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 the big boys were doing, so what, what banks, et cetera, had access to with Adobe Suite and, and, and Amasis and some of these big CRMs and marketing automation platforms that have been around for quite a long time, that HubSpot came in and it, it allowed SMEs to personalise user journeys, to communicate to customers in a personalised way, which was just never available before. But it's just that data and insight, right? And especially around sales and marketing alignment, so it used to be that if I closed a deal, I'd beat my chest and it was all about me, Mr. Sales guy. I closed the customer, I did all these things. But what we can see now is that it was Camilla's ad and Facebook, and it was across to a landing page that Ben designed beautifully mm-hmm. in an awesome form, which we A-B tested and all had changed two or three things in it. And then they'd gone into a nurture series, which has been beautiful, beautifully written by the copy team by Kimberly. And and, you know. I I got the customer, I got a sales qualified lead. I talked to them for about two months. They they got bored of me or I got bored of them or they had a bigger project come in. I left them, they drifted off, you know, um, and then because of lead scoring, you know, two or three months later, they opened my email with the quote in it. They came to our blog, Salesforce versus HubSpot. Those three or four actions were enough to create their lead score to increase. I get a task in my inbox an email with a task, follow up the task, it's give George a call, mm-hmm. they're back in the market, you give them a call, hey, you know, how you doing? I mean, that stuff, we just never had it before. Mm. Um, and I think, so th- that buyer's journey as well, right? Like, totally. So there were times I don't when... think anybody really understood that, right? You know, it was
0: a sales conversation and a marketing conversation. It was marketing's kind of job to get your attention and it was sales job to
1: get the sale, right? And never the two should meet. Or you blamed each other for not <laughs> not doing that, and and I think now businesses that we help and other businesses that are using you know like Active Campaign and and other platforms that that are out there. I mean, our we were very much agnostic in the beginning, and and we were Marketo and we were Active Campaign and SharpSpring and we tried them all. But our blood breeds pretty orange these days just because of the UX, UI, how easy it is to use and stuff.
0: And HubSpot's just taking over the world, right? And and I think, you know, for some of the small business owners or people who are working in smaller businesses that don't have the budgets to deploy the full stack and have teams of salespeople, and it's all well and good if you've got those resources, and, yeah, you can make the most of these tools. But even the free ones are still pretty useful for a small business they're going to create efficiencies like um, talk to me a little bit about you know where it starts and how you kind of build on that because I think that's massive.
1: Uh, So I I mean I'm I'm amazed at what the free tool tools offer like the HubSpot free tool the other tools that just allow like you can add live chat onto your site granted that's got a little icon on it or you can add exit intent pop-up forms that will completely change um, the conversion rates on a landing page or your campaign, you know, like, so the average website converts at 2%, right? So if you're spending a thousand dollars to get a thousand clicks to your website and like less than 20 of those people are doing the thing that you want, the others didn't come to look at cartoons or cats or sports results. Cause you don't have that. You're not, you're not here. No, they came for a reason. They clicked on an ad or they, but, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, your site just doesn't convert. It just offers you all of these tools, which incrementally can increase your conversion rate optimization. And, and yeah. then that visibility, like whether it's the free tools or whether you're doing the paid of what part of my funnel is a little bit broken. You know, because once upon a time, it was the agency who was blamed for, you know, your cost per click's too high or your conversion rate. So now we can kind of see, well, no, the, the cost per click's really good and the creative's working and the conversion on the landing page is good too. But hang on a sec, it's taking you two weeks to to send a quote out to the customer and your competitors are doing that in 24 hours. You're actually just feeding your competitors leads because if it's if your t- if your item's over a thousand dollars, they're going to they, look at you. They've yeah, got yeah. to, right? You, I mean, you're crazy as a consumer not to. If I was going to buy a sixty-five-inch TV, I, well, I'd probably you ask spend my spend ten minutes. minutes. Yeah, he'd kid, he'd no more. But <laughs> but, but you'd look at LG, Samsung, Panasonic, right? You'd want to look at, and so or you and, might look at
0: providers near you, whatever the... you know. PB tech and JB hi-fi and all of those sorts of providers and go, what are their deals at the moment? It takes five seconds. Right.
1: But you would also want, like, I want to know more than the spotty face kid at Noel Leeming. When I walk in there, I want to know like the graphics card, like I'm okay to my kid will know, but like, what am I looking for as a Hertz or what's the pixelation or how's God of war or, you know, ghost of Shima going to look on it when he wants to sit in the lounge with his mates and play, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so You've done all of that. If I brought the TV home and it didn't do all of that, I'd be in serious strife. Mm -hmm. So what you're talking
0: about here is the blending between sales and marketing, right? So it's marketing's job to kind of build these, and or the marketing function. If you're a small business, you're probably doing it all yourself. Um, But the marketing's function is to build the the creative and the messaging and the images and shit that go out there and maybe the landing page and stuff. But at that point it crosses over and becomes a sales conversation, right? And you're using marketing tools to, to to drive sales before people even walk in the door and have a physical.
1: Before that trip, even before that, and this is the, this is the key. Marketing needs to go and talk to sales. So I mean, uh, see uh, all these uh, small uh, business owners walking down the street, having conversations with themselves after listening. to this podcast. So sit down and go, "I'm, I'm wearing my marketing hat. I'm wearing a sales hat and do have that that conversation because like literally you've got to like you might have 20 people on a sales team you might have yourself you might be the only person you might have one or two you might have a marketer and salesperson get them in a room and go who are you selling to what are their objections what what lights the whites of their eyes what gets them jazzed like all of that needs to be part of the marketing journey because once upon a time, if you, I was going to buy a kitchen, I would go to Kitchen Studio or somebody and go, "Tell me about kitchens. You guys have got the biggest ad in Yellow Pages. You mm-hmm. must know a lot about kitchens." Now I want to know more about the hinges and the tile and the slate and the, the before I go in there, right? Mm-hmm. So, so take all of the stuff that they're being asked when somebody comes in and think about those things or the objections and make that part of that um, that journey. Initial digital journey, right? Yeah, yeah because that's how you'll pump out, um, you know, strangers to marketing qualified leads to sales qualified leads, and then just keep refining, like just so once you've got a platform or a system or a pro, actually start with a process, like try and map your customer journey, try and map your sales process. Well, that's that conversation eh, between sales and marketing. And, and maybe if you've got a customer
0: service function, they probably need to be involved in it as well and say, what are all the what are all the touch points that we have from when somebody doesn't even realize they have this problem that we solve to buying our product and telling their friends about it, and what are all of those stages and who and what is touching them and what are the messages they're getting and what can be automated and all of that sort of exactly, yeah, it's it's um it's amazing. I think you know we are talking to a lot of small businesses. In fact, we spent the the, the last part of last year just calling people. We we called about you know three hundred odd businesses and just had to chat to them about what are they facing and what are they using and getting to know them a little bit better and mate, the, the amount of people who didn't have any kind of system in place to track customer interaction um you know just chucking up stuff on social media boosting it to get a little bit more eyeballs on it and you know it was it was remarkable so yeah i think getting a crm in place or some sort of centralized tool where this stuff can happen right
1: yeah but so even if you'd didn't like something like artificial, like testing your message. Like I just love the idea of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like so before you go and spend a thousand dollars with an agency on or well, before you make a TVC, before you do these get a things, fucking billboard or something yeah, stupid like you, that, right? Yeah, but before you do that, <laughs> like you've got these methods to test it. One, you could show it to your family and friends, but you've got like social media, you've got these channels where you could just push out different color different image somebody wearing a hat somebody without a hat somebody different with a value gold.
0: prop is it the 30% off or get your you know new season clothes or whatever it might be All just, of those just seeing things. those different value props and which one do people click on more
1: look and yeah. and that's so I'm just an old school sales guy I mean that stuff's a little bit beyond me but I love it I love and I love hearing our marketing team talk about or, or even my success team about how they're going to challenge their customer on conversion rate optimization and we'll a b test this and why don't we tie this different messaging and why don't we move the call to action the cta from the top to the bottom or what if we add in some social proof for the case study what if we you know all of those things like that stuff's just it gets me jazzed i don't really get it and i still don't understand how the tool works
0: completely But it's still a sales conversation right like you're talking about the problems that you know the tactics and stuff, the way they're doing that is, is a marketing thing, but the mm. messages and the, the communication with the customer is very much a sales um, or, or needs to involve the, the, the sales conversation. Um, okay, so I start with getting a CRM and and, and having a conversation with my marketing or salesperson yep. and trying to get an under ear of the buyer's journey. Where do I go next? Like. Um, I've got the buyer's journey. I understand my persona, we talked a little bit about before. So, understanding who we bind to, what are their pains, challenges, goals, yep. all that stuff. And then we've got a journey. So, how do you use when sales is completely in charge, right? So, marketing's done its job, Oop, it's gone over the, the, the fence or, or moved into the next sort of phase. What are you seeing as some of the challenges that people are, or, or where they might be going wrong, and what the opportunities might be to solve some of those pain points or automate processes? Shit like that?
1: So, I think. Um a little bit as around the buyer's journey and how technology helps with that. So I, for one, have burnt millions of dollars worth of good leads or good customers um, who were not ready to buy yet. So, and and I've done it because the board was breathing down Ryan's neck about, you know, we're not, it's, you know, we're 10 days in, we're 10 days into the, into the month and we're not hitting numbers. And he'd come and stare at me and I'd, go out into the sales floor and yell at everyone, start making phone calls, call everyone, don't, do deals, get the thing. And it's like, oh, and I look back at it now and I think, God, that was, we were doing, and there are still, well, this is still how oh, a lot yeah, of people business operate, right? Like we need revenue, start making calls, start ringing. Everyone start offering them. And it's like, but, and in your gut, I think as a salesperson, you kind of know they're not there yet. Now, now, we do know because they're in awareness phase because they're asking all of those early research questions. Not, we, we haven't got to... So we kind of go um, awareness, consideration, decision, right? Mm-hmm. Some customers will rush to decision. How much is the... What's the cost? Well, hang on. I'm not going to tell you that because I haven't had the value discussion with you yet. Because mm-hmm. if I tell you it's 500 bucks or $50,000, you're going to say it's too much. So so you've got to... So we've got technology now and, and putting content out there, like talk about those TVs. So LG, Samsung, Panasonic, if one of them was smart enough and some of them do, and you'll see that out there, put out a piece of collateral that is LG, Samsung, Panasonic, all of the features, all of the benefits of each Mm -hmm. LG's put this out. They control the narrative. They put it there. They know that buyer is in the awareness phase. They already know what their problem is. I haven't got a TV. I need a new TV. The kids aren't happy with the TV. Somebody's put a cricket bat through the TV. I need a new TV. So so I'm I'm past that now. I'm actually looking at the different products. I'm looking at HubSpot versus Salesforce versus Dynamics. Or I'm looking at the local hairdressing
0: salon.
1: Whatever Uh, it is. Yeah. So whatever the product or service, whether it's $10 or $50,000, there are those stages, right? Mm-hmm. And, and by you having a platform where you can see the things that they're looking at, or if you're just a salesperson and you're, or you're a founder of a business and, and you're having that discussion, you know where they're at. So what you've got to have is a bucket of things that you send them in each of those phases. If mm-hmm. they're at decision, they want to know the price. That But you've got to be careful that you've had that value discussion with them and all those sorts of things. So the average consumer will, and I don't know, it's changes between B2C and B2B, seven to nine pieces of collateral before they make a decision. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I think that's seven to nine touches. that could be a conversation, could be an email, could be an, an infographic, ad. could be an ad, could be a whatever, mm-hmm. seven to nine of those things. We're trying to help businesses rush to get the seven to nine in their hand. In hands the market, head. yeah. Or mm-hmm. get the salespeople the right collateral to give the right thing at the right time to the right persona or the right you know so um i think as well we probably skipped a little bit of the qualification so you know platforms like hubspot and all the other ones out there having the right information on a landing page asking the right questions and forms not asking too much up front you know Mm -hmm. like a name address phone number um giving them maybe one other thing that you can get you know and incrementally yeah Totally. And, I, and I think we talk about this inbound sales and inbound marketing or, or customer-centric marketing. It's a it's, You've got to be constantly adding value. So if you're not adding value, as a salesperson, as a marketer, if you're not adding value in their journey more than they can find online, what's the point in you even being part of that process? And totally. You're so out of the game. You're out of the game. So I, I like the word reciprocity. And if you and basically meaning that in that journey, if you continue to add value to your customer throughout that process, and and it could be about the thing that you're trying to sell, or just things that you know that they need that they might go, oh, that's really thanks so much. And that could be in an email, could be in a Mm -hmm. SMS, could be in a whatever on a landing page, piece of collateral, and they find that valuable, at some stage, they'll want to transact with you, and and they'll feel good about it it'll be their decision to do it. Mm. You won't have to rush in because your CEO or the board is yelling at you because we haven't made the numbers. If you fill your pipe up and you continue to add value through that journey, they'll want to The transition. numbers will
0: stack up. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then you go from being because like a chances dodging... are their
0: competitors aren't, especially if you're in a, a smaller business. I had a, I had a chat uh, with Pat McPhee recently, and we went into this concept guy. of digital divide, right? Yeah, yep. shout out to Patty. Love you, mate. Um we talked about this digital divide and we, we were coming at it from like a, a digital knowledge and and, and skill set and, and mainly attributable to, to, to conversations in a digital space, right? Marketing and social media and all that sort of stuff. But I think from what I'm hearing from you that you're seeing the same sort of thing in a sales space, right? Like since everything's moving into the, the digital realm and most of the sales conversations are now happening, even if you're a physical store, even if I've got to go to the furniture shop and buy the fucking furniture, Um chances are I'm probably having a delivered anyway let's be honest most stuff it's less and less requiring a physical interaction but the the amount of resources that, that, that go into the digital journey uh, I, I think it is crucial for a lot of small businesses um, you talked a little bit about automating a lot of that stuff and I see that as a big opportunity as well so at Otterfish we we were pre-revenue and uh, you know we paid for HubSpot we bought the whole stack we saw it as a as a crucial investment to run the machine of the business. Um, So we were able to, you know, we're a small team and our sales, we have one sales guy, you know, I'm the marketing guy, but Mm. we're able to scale our output that we can do because of these tools. So Tom's able to bring lots and lots of leads and nurture lots and lots of people because he set up contact scoring, just like you were talking about a minute ago. And that was a game changer for him because he was not wasting his time talking to people who were not ready to buy yet or not even going to buy. And he could concentrate on the people who were showing that, you know, they gave a shit, they were really interested and uh, likely to, you know, be open to a conversation at least. So
1: well, that's a really good point. So I know Tom, Tom Deschets, awesome dude. He's a great sales guy, um, very amiable, cool guy, will solution, will, that's what he's good at put them in front of customers get them spending time with customers talking to them finding out their problems helping them adding value doing admin is not what like mm-hmm. guys like me and tom like doing right so good platforms and and so pipe drives one close.io like um they should be removing friction and admin from sales people's lives or from mm-hmm. if you're a founder if you're running your own business it's all of that stuff so sending meeting links so they can book directly in your calendar having snippets or templates or documents or things that you can that you have to write over and over again if you've got access to them and you just very quickly can be sending that thing out just all of the tools that allow you to be smarter more efficient better for your customer quicker if you get there quicker, you'll close the deal quicker. Your customer, you know, if you, if you beat your competitors with a, a quote and a price and you seem more efficient and you do it in a mm. timely manner, man, you, you'll win nine times out of 10. If the, if your yeah. competitors aren't. And I've seen you in,
0: in some of the bigger deals that I've witnessed you, you uh, close yeah. oh, and yeah. you know, you've, you've seen somebody's Oh shit. Now we've been talking like we are kind of now. And mm. suddenly you've gone, Oh, hang on. John's just opened that email. And I can see that you've you've had somebody who you you know there's a big deal on the table. You haven't heard from them from a, for a little while. It's kind of gone cold in your mind. And then suddenly it's, oh, hang on, we might be back on here. And then you've immediately picked up the phone and closed the deal um, because you were right there. You know, you had a little notification in place that was tracking this thing in the background somewhere, and then out of nowhere, right when that customer was ready to buy, he's gone looking for your email again and wow. Oh, John, I haven't heard from you for a while mate you know how you going oh you're opening the email ah oh,
1: fancy that you know it was a really funny um mate deal it's, with, m- it's massively stalky um <laughs> sell it so um, <laughs> you can get away with creepy
0: Nico if anyone yeah. that, that I know can get away with it it's you mate
1: <laughs> but it, so I like to call it digital serendipity not stalking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a blog article you can read, read it. That's good. Um, but so, but it is right. So, and I used to, so this was a little technique I used to use. So on Fridays, when I had more time, I'd space out three or four hours in the afternoon and we used to at um at hnd we used to have a slack channel where i'd get people to post cool things that they'd seen about marketing automation or hubspot or whatever and we'd stick it all in there so that i had a resource to go to and then if i was talking to a customer in e-commerce business or something like that and i and i'd on a friday i'd give them a call and i'd go hey barry um from something or other furniture Uh, we've been chatting for a while i saw an awesome article in sydney morning herald about how marketing automation is increasing the the transaction size for e-commerce businesses. I thought you might like it. Um, I've chucked it in an email. I hope you have a good weekend. I'd see you going to Pawanui with the kids. You know, have a good time, Dad. Didn't try and sell him anything, didn't push anything on him, didn't even talk about the quote that was sitting in his inbox from 10 days ago that I'd sent him across. Now, I'd I'd flick it off. And I'd used to sit there and watch it. And you can watch in the CRM and the activity thing and like that opened the email. And then they'd go back to a previous email, and then they'd look. They'd go back to the blog, and then they'd go back to the document that I had linked in the email. And I can see the pagination on it. See them go through and look at the pricing page. So stalkery. But all of those things, like I, I used to watch it and like be like, oh, this is amazing. Now I kind of know that the the CRM is doing its work nice in job. the background yeah. for me, and I'll get a task on Monday, or or I'll know and I can look at the notifications. Like I see they've done all those things, and I, I won't rush off and go. I can see you opening the emails because you, you just can't do that. It'll yeah, put yeah, people yeah, off. It's a little bit too creepy. Yeah, but but I'll go, hey, you know, I just th- thought we'd catch up again. I felt like um, it was time. And I'd be like, oh, it's so weird to hear from you. I was just thinking about you the other day. I was like, yeah, I know you were because I've set it up. <laughs> it's my pincer move. I've done it.
0: So I think that that, um, you know, Using the tools like that, and, and, and you know, as you are saying, some of the free ones will give you this, or you don't have to go spending thousands of dollars a month on the full stack of something like HubSpot to, to, to kind of enable a bit of this functionality in your life, right? Um, sequences is another one that's quite common, um, where if you know somebody's at a certain part of the buyer's journey, you can enrol them in a sequence, and it'll send them the emails that you know that they're going to want to, you know, answering the questions that you know that they, they want to ask. Those sorts of things are there. Um, so... I, I actually think there's a huge opportunity um, for people who are running little, little businesses, even local businesses that used to rely on word of mouth and, you know, uh, being able to advertise and promote their business in the local, you know, even even not that long ago, radio, you could, you know, e- even if like uh, H&M wanted to advertise in Christchurch, let's say, and you're the local uh, restaurant in Christchurch, the radio station has got a relationship with you. They know that you need that airtime in order to stay afloat. Blah blah blah. You know, you've got these sort of networks in place. I think for a lot of businesses now, that's all gone, right? And they're mm-hmm. now competing against McDonald's mm-hmm. and, you know, Suzuki and all of these brands who are trying to buy the same people online that they want to buy. Yep. Um, and so, employing these tools like you're talking about and trying to get, you know, little systems in place that help people move from I don't know what I'm talking about to oh, I'm interested in you and you, know, you guys look like you're trustworthy and you're adding value all the way tools that automate that and help people um build those systems are i think almost crucial now even for little local businesses like that
1: um even more so they're so time poor like you're if you're if you're running your own business and it's a family business and there's two or three of you in it you're doing operations you're probably setting up the deliveries you're probably driving things out you're, you're managing staff you're Paying wages, you do, I mean you you're doing everything, right? Mm. And and often and what I've seen or for paying many years, huge amounts for,
0: you know, part-time casual contractors, whatever to do this stuff.
1: You've got so Often the marketing is is the one that gets forgotten or gets loft, left off the monthly newsletter. Oh, is anyone, have, how long since we sent a monthly newsletter? Oh, you know, like four months. It's like oh, we really should be sending communications to our customers that are not just invoices, like mm-hmm. something that that keeps you know. So, so <laughs> you yeah, we we care about you too. We don't just <laughs> only care about your money, right? I mean, and uh, how many of how many small businesses that I've dealt with it that's the mistake that they've made, and and it's it's a Common mistake, and it's because your time Even poor. Big businesses do that. Oh yeah, you know, banks and stuff just still
0: fucking. You know, every, anytime I get an email from a bank, it's like you know, I've got a problem that I've got to solve. There's never yeah. value added They're never contacting me. Going, we've looked at your accounts, and we can see that you could earn extra. You know, more yeah. if you do this. give a shit yeah that would
1: have really added value right you're not getting enough interest in this account like you could move move your
0: money or restructure your accounts like this and uh you know and and you'd save some money i'd be like right suddenly i'm engaged with my
1: bank Uh, they never tell you that the other banks got better interest rates that'd be even more friendly if they did that yeah okay so communicate to them Think about what you're doing. But if you've got a tool where you can rack up the next five months of emails and and have them scheduled or the next two months of um, Facebook posts or the next. So you have a bit of a blitz. You spend a Sunday and you put all that stuff together and you schedule it because you've got a nice little scheduling tool and it can literally send them out every month because it's all about cadence, right? Like, Mm -hmm. And marketing, especially in social media, it's about that constant touch, that regular touch. Again, adding value. Social media is a little bit more about having fun too, and just, you know, making sure the tone's right and all that stuff. But, and test, you know, maybe it's not about having fun because you're a, um, you know, a funeral director. Maybe it is. Maybe that's, you know, we should be having more fun with it. Who knows? But um, you can test and find out, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's even, I think, important, you know, sales having a conversation about, Persona yeah. challenges goals how the product business whatever solves them. It's, it's also pushback from marketing. You know what are what are people looking for online? What are the what is the data like? Try and collect and use that. Some of these systems that we're talking about will pull that that sort of data in and help you understand. And I think uh, you know knowing what I know from and what you would know working in these in an agency like Hypendexter, like you guys are building pretty fucking sophisticated, automated, powerful customer journeys for these businesses, right? Like the the local, uh, you know, e-commerce startup or local business that's competing against one of those guys, they don't even know what they're up against, you know, that, that there's all of that stuff that we've just talked about and hopefully people understand and have followed along. Um, that is just stock standard basic procedure at that level, they're pushing the boundaries way beyond that. And I think, you know, again, back to this digital divide concept, I think that these little businesses, it's so important that they start to spend the 20 hours, 30 hours, 50 hours, whatever it is that they need to figure out how to do these things to, like you said, build a cadence of content or build or automate a few email journeys and things to make sure that they're maximising their the limited time they have. Or they're just
1: going to get their asses kicked and, you know, I want to i don't want to see little businesses go away here well because the customer is the same customer the customer of the bank is the same one that's going to the fish and chip shop and the same one that's buying from that little e-commerce business and they get used to that experience of personalized you know oh you know my name and you know my phone number and you know and you know where i live and you know that i'm interested in um chickens and lululemon um which would be the weird combination. <laughs> Not necessarily <laughs> together. Otherwise, theres I'm sure there's a website for that somewhere. Yeah, that's why you got me Lululemon tights with chickens on them. I, I, or, or kept serving it up to me or, or made the offer to me or whatever. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, So the, but we I think we all expect – we get so used to the technology that's in front of us now. You know, I mean, there's, there's more technology in this phone than the entire U.S. Air Force had in 1945. There's more technology in this thing. And if I can't connect to the internet, oh, the thing's useless. Like I'm just, I'm so angry and annoyed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you just, you expect so much now. Like we, and yeah, our tolerance for not getting the right kind of service and the right personalized approach you know, you, you can lose me really quickly as a consumer if if you don't have. Um, Especially because your baseline. competitors
0: are targeting me with better experiences, more interesting and engaging content. Um, they're answering questions and problems that I have, and you're not. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not even in the game. I think, um, and that's that's I think the big take home, if uh, if small businesses or even businesses that have been around for a while and are struggling to figure out like how does my business. Everyone's on fucking Facebook. How do I make my business work? Yeah, Uh, Take something from that, like get some technology, figure out, go back to the beginning and figure out what are all those customer journey touch points? Yeah, that's one. Uh, And who are they? Get some, um, uh, look at what can we automate, what can we create and and do at scale uh, along those customer journey uh, touch points with technology and then how do we create, um more enjoyable experiences and, and, and personalized journeys that would yeah. be your that would be your takeout
1: yeah and and just keep testing and just keep trying I mean just start doing stuff i think is the is the key you know yeah. like all of those things are good but it starts with a step it starts with a decision that you actually are interested in your customers and you want to do right by them or you want to make more money and how do you do that like now you do it by delivering what your customers want, so first things first, ask them, and then what? start. Yeah, what do you what do you really want? What do you really want?
0: <laughs> I can give it to you. What do you yeah. want? Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, final thought from Nico. Uh, if if I wanted to reach out, learn a bit more, how can I get in touch with you? What do I do to, um, you know, if I've heard something in here that I'm uh, that's piqued my interest? How do I get in touch with you, Nico? <laughs>
1: mate so just hype and dexter so if you if you google hype and dexter um you'll find our website on there is a contact us on there's a button to book a time it's a little hubspot link straight into my calendar um you can book a time and have a chat even if it's not about um hubspot or you know you, or you exactly. don't think yeah, yeah. you know we, we actually so we support businesses of all shapes and sizes you know from Latitude Financial Services, a big multinational like G um, Gem Visa and you know, out of Australia, through to Spit Roast Catering in, in New Zealand, you know, like from very, very big to to you know, awesome Kiwi SMEs. Um, mm. and and HubSpot, as do a lot of the other softwares, has a free starter professional enterprise. And Hypendexter, like that, has a small, medium XL um version of all of the things that. That, you know we can help businesses get stacked up pretty quickly we can help you spend a few hundred thousand or we can get, <laughs> yeah or we can get you cracking for a couple of grand as well yeah,
0: yeah. and I I think for, for, for little businesses out there who are looking to try and find new ways and produce a gap um, really reach out and, and have a look at these opportunities because you might not be looking to invest your money in the right places if you're still approaching it from a traditional model these things are, are cheap and built to scale with your business and they will make a massive difference and keep you in the game yeah Definitely. Cool. thanks nico appreciate your time mate so good to see you
1: all right champ hey really good to see you as well trip all
0: right mate i'll have you again on the show before too long fantastic thanks all mate. right thanks everybody see
1: you ciao ciao